Ladies and gentlemen, the house is now open and featuring on the stage with me today is a actor, writer, director, wonderful geeky human being. And I would say he's me from a different dimension simply because he's bearded and bald. Chris Josty. How are you doing, Chris? Hi there. How are you doing, Scott? You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Nice to see you. Honestly, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while since Comic-Con. Was it Cardiff Con or was it Swansea Con? Which con was it? It was one of the cons. It was one of the cons. And, <laughs> it was but one like, of the conventions. Obviously, I've forgotten what conventions are like now in this day. I don't even so. know what anything is like anymore. Gigs, conventions, like lining mm. up. Like, I don't know it's anymore is what, what queuing feels like because we've all queued so much. Yeah, that bit pandemic. never went away. But it's the fact like we can't queue for the stuff we want to queue for. No, no. <laughs> Ah, at least we're getting back to some form of normality anyway. Exactly, so. mate. And you've got this podcast bringing everyone together, which is great. Doesn't matter if anybody's listening. I just get to catch up with some friends and some fellow creative artists and all that. So tell us a little bit about you, man. Like for our lovely listeners, like what's your background, like your experiences with performing and how did you get into it? So how the hell did you end up here? <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up here in school. I was obsessed with acting. Just this, just like normal secondary school. And I did it in college and then I didn't do it after that I mean I went to work in game as Scott knows for like eight years but during working in game then I was kind of dabbling in and out of doing acting and stuff and kind of meeting different people instead mm-hmm. of going to university that's what I did I kind of just went out and met people because as Tarantino famously said he didn't go to film school he went to film and that's kind of how I've looked at things and kind of instead of just kind of going to, to study it as much as that is important mm-hmm. I've also just gone and just gone to a film set and learned on the job and this kind of stuff I'm an actor I'm a writer uh, I'm a director I'm a cosplayer, I'm a massive gamer, and all round, as Scott knows, massive nerd. <laughs> and you are welcome onto this show just for that fact alone. <laughs> Acting now professionally, I'd say, what am I? I am 26, so I've been doing it professionally, I'd say now 10 years would be fair to say. Since about 16, I started doing like, you know, bits and bobs and things. And yeah, it's it's just been an incredible like roller coaster of experiences with amazing people and getting to create people and doing really cool stuff. Like the best thing about being an actor, I'm sure Scott will agree, is that you get to do things you wouldn't get to do in real life. So yes. you, you want to go on a spaceship. You want to go to space. You can pretend you're in space. You want to go to the Wild West. You're in the Wild West. Exactly. You know, you want to travel to the medieval ages. You can do that. Vikings, you can do that. And it's just it's just basically, and I'm going to get told off for this because someone will tell me off for this. She's basically <laughs> playing make-believe for a living. That's what yeah. we do. Yes. <laughs> we just play. An it's like when you're in your back garden when you're a kid and you're pretending <laughs> to be all these um, fictional characters or like, yeah. like you say, cowboys, Indians, yep. astronauts and all that. But we just never grow up with that. But we're no. just happy if someone wants to pay us to do it. Exactly. And then we absolutely love bringing that character to life. I mean, for example, the closest I've ever had to like a really crazy moment in, in my career so far is Ubisoft, the company makes Assassin's Creed. They tour their games around before they come out. It's kind of like show the public and da, 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 da. And I got to be the human embodiment. So obviously, Paul Atmos, uh, he plays Jacob Fry in, in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, like voice and stuff and motion capture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to be the physical guy that people kind of met events and things. I got to go to Eurogamer with Ubisoft as Jacob Fry. I got to go to comic-con i got to go to the golden joystick awards I got to go to the vip launch party in character wow. it was really cool they had me in character as jacob fry and it was great i mean because it, it was so much fun like because i'm a massive assassin's creed fan i got to go through all the trailers that they'd done and like watched how jacob spoke and he walked <laughs> and he interacted with people and really lapped that up and that's kind of when like my worlds collided and i got to have gaming and acting like together and it was just such a incredible experience I'll always be very grateful for ubisoft giving me because i was just a guy who overheard a conversation and went i can act and they were like <laughs> and they were like i'll oh, just you know they were like send your stuff over and we'll have a look and then yeah then i got booked and did it it was uh, it was a really great great experience that's a thing a lot of people don't tend to think about it's like obviously like you mentioned with motion capture and voiceover and especially just going to these events like what you were doing as um jacob fry again that's another form of performance that some people tend to overlook Oh, completely. And, and I mean, like performance theatre is something very big. I mean, a lot of cosplayers, because you find quite a lot of cosplayers are actually actors in their part time because they get to, yep. like, you find they really embrace, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and they really get to embrace their character. You find a lot of like studios, gaming studios and TV studios and film studios pick up on that and they're like, oh, come and you know, we'll, we'll hire you, we'll pay you hotel and everything and we'll give you a day rate, whatever, and come and do our experience or our premiere event or our, you know, game reveal 
as a, as that character and you're like wow i mean like in some ways like aspects whatever you want to call it like this mm. is the first time that character has come to life and you're yeah. playing that character in the real world and it's like this is mad like you say there's just so many avenues people don't think about it's all part of this massive creative arts i haven't done motion capture yet but it is on the list if anybody's watching or listening listening not watching but listening, <laughs> i get what uh, you meant <laughs> i want to do some motion capture please yeah <laughs> So if there's one thing you could take away from this podcast already in the early stages is the fact if you're a cosplayer, you're technically acting and you can be a geeky actor. And that's the thing. Yeah, boy. Who doesn't love geeking <laughs> out? Like people may say they don't like it, but it's just like, nah, you're, you're lying. You're in denial. <laughs> no, people love geeking out. I mean, I've, I've, I've got my acting tribe who I game with. Uh, my friend, Kate, Kate, Kate Davis speaker. I don't know if you've heard of it, but she's the one that runs Showreel Share Day. I was uh, just she, about to say that. She, literally every actor in the Great Britain is probably like, thank <laughs> you, Katie. Oh, if you're amazing. listening, Katie, thank you. Yeah, Kate's amazing. And uh, no, she, she's my gaming tribe. Her and her husband, Steve, and our friend, Kai. Uh, mm. And sometimes another actor, Greg Draven, uh, mm. will will sometimes just jump on PlayStation or this stuff and just like video games together. I mean, we just nerd out and we love nerding out. Yeah, that's what you got to do to unwind sometimes. Just be yeah, well, that's is great. Eggs, it is. And honestly, that's what somebody said on a previous episode. It's like you should have a split between your work life and your personal life. And again, yeah, like yeah. that's your way of unwinding is just like you just geek out, you talk about whatever you want to, like whatever's on your mind. You don't have to be acting every single minute of every day. No, and no. I, get, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to be paid for every minute of every day doing that. <laughs> but if you wanted something like to work 300 plus days a year, you go work in an office. <laughs> yeah exactly but also what's really cool is and like you say say don't want to be acting all the time but sometimes if you play something like dungeons and dragons you can then act to unwind as well because obviously yeah. you're going to be in character and the thing is when you've got an actor in a room like playing dungeons and dragons with their friends who maybe not actors it spurs everyone on to up their game and start being yeah. in character themselves and everyone's like oh you know what this is all right to kind of mess about and be in character and everyone's like oh yeah yeah i'm joining and do that myself even people who wouldn't normally think about doing that you know it just uh, um, rubs off on you doesn't it it does it does before we start i just like to do a little icebreaker just for a bit of fun is would you rather so i'm just gonna say two things you could tell me um which one you prefer you can give me a reason if you want to or if you'd rather do quick fire round that's absolutely fine so let's go for first, it the first question is and again this is what you would rather write this minute would you rather watch play or a musical? Musical. Eurovision, I'm going to say it now, Husevic deserved to win best song because I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Oscars, but that film picked everybody up when everyone was really down and really struggling with the lockdown. So yeah, I'd rather watch a musical. <laughs> Shout point. out Eurovision. <laughs> On Netflix still. Yep. <laughs> a pub or a nightclub? A pub. Because you can just sit there, chilled out with your mates or on your own if you're an on your own Joe and meet people <laughs> and just relax in a nightclub. I just can't be dealing with the boots, 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 yeah. like all the bass. Nah. <laughs> I mean, if you said a, if you said a rock club, like heavy metal, that's my kind of music. Then yeah, 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 no, I'd completely be like, yeah, heavy metal club, that's cool. But nah, if it's a pub or a club, it's going to be a pub. A place where you can actually have a conversation and like still have a voice by the end of the night. It's like, why don't you come here often? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you want a drink? What? Do you want a drink? It's like I've seen from Gavin and Stacey trying to talk to Brit. It's like, I can't hear the word you're saying. What yeah. music do you like? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right That's then. That's class scene as well. It is brilliant. And filmed in Cardiff as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> there we are. And this one will um, cater to your video game interests. Resident Evil or Silent Hill? I hate you right now, but I'm going to have to go with Resident Evil because I'm so excited for Resident Evil 8 Village releasing in literally less than oh, four days now. Yep, yes. four days. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's already and it will free. already be out by the time you're listening to this podcast. So if and you've got yeah. it, well done. But if you haven't, go check it out. Go check it out. And you've got no excuse either because there's a free demo running until the 11th of May. You can download to see if you like it. Mm. So check it out. And again, like I said, you're not rejecting any of these, so you could still play Silent Hill later. <laughs> <laughs> I love Silent Hill as well. The problem with Silent Hill is, though, like to quickly kind of go into no, the course. nerd you, game, you crack on. Yeah, yeah. that Konami doesn't know what they're doing with Silent Hill. I mean, they had that mm. incredible thing with PT, and it was phenomenal with Kojima and Del Toro, and then they just went, oh, you know what, we're not friends with Kojima anymore, bye-bye. 
And it's like, yeah. no, man, like that would have really pushed it forward. But what was really cool was as much as that they did, um, that was with PT and Silent Hills, is that the Resident Evil team took note and was like, people like this first person horror style. Let's do mm. that now in our next game. And then Resident Evil 7 was born and was a really incredible experience. And then Resident yeah. 8's now born. So it's kind of like, even though PT never happened and we never got this experience, this new Silent Hill from Konami, it did pave the way and change horror games as we know it. Exactly. And it kind of made um like the creators of Resident Evil, like you say, like kind of go back to their roots in a way. Yeah, because it like it no, sort it of did. went through like um like I think it probably took like the approach of the films for some god unknown reason. They just decided to go like on this action adventure with tons yeah. of explosions and all that. But then like Wait. I think when it got to Resident Evil 7, they were like you know what? Maybe we should go back a bit. <laughs> go back to the horror where people. Yeah, go back to the horror and scare the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we we can swear on this podcast, okay? Yes, uh, <laughs> I I do not give a fuck. You say whatever the fuck you want, Chris, because fuck sponsors, because I have none. <laughs> I should just have like a swear jar on this entire thing, just like tally it up by the end. So, like, how many times did he swear? I lost count. <laughs> Would you rather an all-inclusive luxury hotel or a log cabin holiday? Oh, wow. Very um, contrasting there. Where's the hotel that's all-inclusive? Where? Mm, mm, well, anywhere that will take us at this time, right? Because, because, because a log cabin is very specific. You're going to be in a certain place for a log cabin. Mm. An all-inclusive hotel could be anywhere in the world. So okay, that, we'll, say, we'll say Cyprus. Cyprus. I've never been to Cyprus. My mum says it's amazing there. She had her uh, she had a honeymoon there with my stepdad. Um, uh, let's. Uh, um, where's the log cabin? In the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a bear shitting next to it by any chance? <laughs> well, um, there's a guy called Jason who likes hockey for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's. I mean, cabin in the woods. I mean, I could end up like experiencing my inner ash and do some Evil Dead two shit. Um, I mean, as long as you have your hand by the end of it, then. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, if not, I get a chainsaw. So that's just winning as well. That no one's ever going to like bother with me in like a COVID line. Just going, rum, 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 and just, you know, just. <laughs> oh, wait, two meters back, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's Point like Jason mind. just turns up. It's like, right, Machete's there for a reason. I'm not going to stab <laughs> you. It's just social distancing, okay? I don't I'm know why gonna... Jason's all of a sudden from Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sunbathing, Chris is like, yeah, go with Cyprus. And creative Chris is like, think of how much stuff you could do in a log cabin. I'm like, yeah, true. I could write, I could write a lot of scripts in a log cabin in the middle of the woods, defending the ha- log cabin from zombies. <laughs> yes. I mean, the way this um, year is going, and I'm just saying, the film I Am Legend was set in 2021, and that all started because of a failed vaccine. <laughs> I forgot that was 2021. <laughs> What? <laughs> it came up. It came up as a meme earlier, and I was just oh, like, right, no. "If anyone's listening, I am not one of these t- tinfoil wearing hat people." Oh, just no. like, so I'm just, but again, I'm just saying it was a meme I saw. That's all I'm saying. Oh no! It wasn't <laughs> right. So I saw a post from Will Smith today. I respect him so much because he took a picture of him with his like his top off, and he like in the rest of the world right now. He's got a lockdown body. He's got quite a big belly, and he's like, "Yeah, I know it's the worst shape I've been in, but everyone else is the same." So yeah. the good news is, if he knew that shit was coming, he'd be prepared. Yeah, He's exactly. not prepared. He's in lockdown <laughs> like the rest of us. We're going to be fine. There's going to be no I Am Legend. If, if it is, you heard it from Scott Christie first. <laughs> and now we've literally just got me death threats all coming through my um, <laughs> email. I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. I hope you've enjoyed the Reject or Recall podcast. I've been Scott, and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather a Comic-Con or... You know, like a convention like EGX or specifically for gaming. Do you get what I mean? I'm going to go with EGX because it's the best of both worlds. You get your cosplay and you get to play all the latest games coming out. Because Comic-Cons themselves, it's a very good social gathering. There's Mm -hmm. not much to do apart from meet the guests and kind of go to the panels. Yeah. At At least at like EGX, you get to be like, play all the latest games coming out. You get the the, the experience of social and you get the experience of cosplay as well. So yeah. And obviously, like you say, the upcoming releases, you get like a sneak preview sort of thing. Exactly. And you get loads of free stuff. (laughs) The amount of free stuff I always leave from EGX. (laughs) Like I remember when I was working with Ubisoft with Jacob Fry and we were at EGX, we had the the, um, Rockstar Energy drinks 
booth right next to us. There's a guy called Gordon. Gordon, if you ever listen to this for some reason, I'm shouting you out, bro. I lost your email. <laughs> you're a cool guy. And Gordon, every time he saw us, would be like, here's eight cans of Rockstar. <laughs> so by the end of it, every day I'd have like eight cans. I think you could have died. Not- Rockstar's good, by the way. I'm not like saying it's Yeah, bad. but like so much in but one space drinking, of time. You're not supposed to drink eight cans a day. Uh, so yeah, but then no, he was he was really cool. He was like, "Here's my here's my email, and if you want cans of Rockstar ever, you've heard look- of Goat Simulator? How about Diabetes Simulator? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Goat Simulator, amazing! Yeah, so yeah, uh, it's gonna be EGX, EGX Gaming Com, yeah. like it. Right then, last question. This could be very decisive amongst things, oh. but again, don't put pressure on yourself. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? I used to like pineapple on pizza and then I just kind of look at it now and I just go, no, (laughs) (laughs) I used to eat it so much. I used to really like a Hawaiian pizza and now I just Mm. literally, I look at Hawaiian pizza and I look at like a really meaty cheese pizza. No, I'm in both hands and just be like, just gonna go with the fucking meat pizza. <laughs> just I used to like it. I don't understand why suddenly like this whole thing in my mind is changing. Suddenly I hate pineapple on pizza. Maybe our like, brain works like a film and then it just switched directors. It's like, yeah, all that thing yeah. that happened in the prequels, yeah, that's just uh yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. But me I personally, I don't give a shit. If you like pineapple on pizza, yeah, you do it. So but but do you I, but, but do you do you eat pineapple on pizza? Well, I mean, if it's there. I'll eat it. No, but, you know, if exactly. I'm hungry. I mean, this is this is this is it. I mean, if it's, I'm not going to be offended if someone goes, "Welcome to my house. Here's a pineapple." I'll be like, I'm just going to flip the fucking table and go, "What's this bullshit? I didn't come here for this." You know, I'm going to be like, "Thank you for the pineapple on pizza." I'm that would be a great sketch, and I think you need to write it. <laughs> so actually, I was part of a short film uh, called Thick Hot and Italian, which followed this. <laughs> which followed this pizza shop owner who hates pineapple on pizza because a pineapple killed his mother as like an massive shipment of pineapples crushed her on a cruise ship. (laughs) So he hates all pineapple on pizza and his whole thing in life is to eradicate pineapple on pizza. It is ridiculous. If you're on YouTube, type in thick, hot and Italian. It's like the third or second link down. I will um, definitely be checking this out like, um, once we finish. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a mockumentary where I play a character called Peter Toping. <laughs> I love it already. If this is the first time for any of my listeners who are tuning into the Reject the Recall podcast, the premise is simple. It's like Room 101, but it's for people in the creative arts and the entertainment industry or people who just enjoy like film, theater, video games, animation, loads of different things. So myself and Chris are going to be on a metaphorical audition process. We're going to have things coming into the room and then Chris is going to tell me why he wants to reject them from the industry. Chris, what is going to be the first thing that enters our audition room and what has it done that annoys you so much that you want to reject it from the industry? It's trailers that show the whole entire film. Come on. I mean, you don't want to watch a trailer and then be like, I've just seen the whole movie. My main example, and it's quite a funny story. Me and my mate Simon, we were we went to the IMAX cinema in Cardiff to watch. I forgot what film we went to watch. I apologize about that. I think it That's was cool. like, it might have been Joker. It was something. Um, anyway, so before the film started, Nordio came over and was like, now for exclusive 10 minute preview of Terminator Dark Fate. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be the opening 10 minutes. That's cool. No, it was a 10 minute montage of the whole entire movie. Oh my God. The whole cinema. Very much a full cinema. This is before COVID, a full IMAX cinema. Everyone's just like, like, we're literally watching the whole movie. I literally shouted out loud when everyone could hear and went, well, no need to watch the movie now. (laughs) (laughs) And the entire cinema erupted with laughter because everybody was thinking it. It just showed the whole movie in this 10 minutes. I know obviously you can't show the whole movie in 10 minutes, but another massive example, especially as a nerd, the Batman versus Superman trailer. Why yeah. put Doomsday and Wonder Woman in your trailer? Like, you've yeah. got to leave that out. Like, that's one thing Marvel, to its credit, does so well, is it leaves things out of its trailers. And when you're watching the show or the film, you're like, whoa, yeah, I didn't expect that coming up. With, with DC, they're like, have all this in the trailer. And I'm like, I didn't want to know. Yeah, it's just like out- a shot of Superman and Batman approaching each other would have been fine. I would have been hyped. Exactly. And I was hyped. Everyone was hyped. It was like, yeah, here we go. And then the trailer carries on. You're like, what? 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 
what? And it's like, Doomsday, what? It's like, no, I want to experience that. I'm a massive yeah. fan of like the Fast and Furious franchise, right? Just because okay. it's guilty pleasure, popcorn fun. Yeah. Uh, and I really, for some reason, just relate to the themes of family that it always... I um, was a massive Paul Walker fan. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Cried my eyes out in Fast and Furious 7 at his tribute. Not going to lie. But that's one thing they did wrong recently. In the Fast 9 trailer, they shot the entire movie. It was a four and a half minute trailer. I'm watching just like, I just want to turn this off. I just, yeah. but then I didn't. I didn't because I was so excited for the film. And then I got to the end of it and went, I wish I hadn't watched that trailer now. Yeah. Because I'd seen so much. It's like when a trailer show you all of the best bits of a film. Like oh. it may not give anything away, but it just shows you all of those best stunts, all those dramatic moments. I'm Do just you thinking- find that, Scott? Like yeah. comedies. Comedies show all the best jokes pretty much in the trailers. Yeah. Pretty much like what you said about the Terminator film. I was just said to my mates, I... I don't need to see that now because it's probably giving away all the best jokes. They do though. And I don't understand why movie studios like have this whole thing about like giving away things. I mean, yeah. one one film recently that's really done well at its advertising campaign that I can't wait for is the new Saw movie Spiral because they mm. have showed hardly anything in the trailers. And you're like, wow, I can't wait to see what this film's going to be all about. Yeah. Um, you know where like they reveal like who the killer is of horror movie trailers, and you're like, what? <laughs> Why? Do you remember a film Death Race that came out with Jason Statham? Oh, Jason Statham Death Race, just a class film. But the trailer, literally at the very end, the guys say, "Do you think um, he'll find out that we set him up?" <laughs> Why would you? Sp- I, well, I don't need to know who set him up. No, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, film. You've just taken away an entire mystery there. You could have had a whole uh, thing of who set him up, but you tell us in the trailer. Thanks it's for like that. in the latest James Bond trailer, No Time to Die. Why put Christoph Waltz in the trailer? It would have been so much cooler to watch the film. Be like, oh, it's Blofeld. It's Blofeld. Yeah. I'd much prefer that because it's a much more pure experience and be like, what? You see Tremor? Ah, Blofeld's mm. back. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, th- do you think, like, in terms of, like, trailers that do this, whether they show, like, all the best jokes or, like, basically essentially show you the whole film, mm. is because they're worried that people won't actually see it? Normally, I'd be like, yes, yeah, Scott, I-, I agree. But no, everyone's going to go see James Bond. It's James Bond. Everyone's yeah. going to go see Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, like, put all these... Everyone's going to see Fast and Furious. I mean, not everyone might not see Terminator Dark Fate. But you know what I mean? Like all the comedies and stuff. Those are like licensed characters and all that. And they've got like some recognition. So people are instantly going to go watch them regardless of the trailer anyway. So you could get away with showing hardly anything. Yeah, completely agree. It's, uh, it's 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 a shame that how much they kind of give away in trailers these days. There's one trailer that still baffles me because it's kind of like what we're saying here, but it does it really well. It's the original okay. trailer for Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Oh, yeah? Because I like, literally, it's like, all it is, it's Hitchcock basically telling you the story of Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally just like, it was in that motel where she stood into the shower <laughs> and then he ripped the curtain. Basically telling you all this stuff. It's like, hang on, you're telling us everything's going to happen. What's the point? But then it's like little moments. He goes into the bedroom, like he's talking, then he opens the wardrobe and he just stops and he looks horrified. And I'm like, what was what in you the horrified at? Yeah, what are you horrified at? So, I don't want to know. So it's like, it's like hang on, you're, you're telling us, but there's something that's still gripping me to come and watch that film, you know? Like, again, I wasn't alive when Psycho came out. I just watched it on YouTube no, before no, anyone's no, asking. No, <laughs> it's no, like, no. how old are you? It's like, I am actually 7,000. <laughs> <laughs> I actually played um, Cards with Gandalf in Helm's Deep. <laughs> I get that with trailers. I'm just like, why show so much when, because like, don't get me wrong. The trailer is supposed to get people hyped. I understand that. But when you are shoving everything into it, it's like what you said about Batman versus Superman. You had Doomsday in there. You had Wonder Woman. You had all these things. I'm just like, right. Whoever edited this, you need to rethink because that, like I said, like the two of them just walking together and then cut Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I'd be like, okay. I'm like this. I'm like, there's my money. With, you mm. know, just, and just throwing money at the screen. Like, yeah, cool. That's like, just, do you remember, I tell you one thing, the trailer for The Dark Knight Rises. Do you remember yes. that one? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the end, you barely saw Bane that much, but the end shot was Batman just like stumbling with his fists up, and they just see the back of Bane. I'm like, it was so cool, and you're oh. so intrigued. You're like, has to be fair on Chris Nolan, he does amazing trailers. Chris Christopher mm. Nolan does does fantastic trailers. He knows what he's doing with them. Yeah, doesn't give too much away at all. Mm. I would rather watch a trailer that maybe gives you a hint, but doesn't yeah, tell yeah. you the whole story. Yeah, completely. It, it's like. An advert is supposed to sell you a product. Uh, can you imagine now? It's like if a DFS, instead of just saying, oh, the sale ends um, this time because DFS sales just never end. But then all of a sudden they were like, oh, this is what it's like to sit in. This is what it's like when you lay down. It's like, why are you showing want, me all this? I don't want to know all that. No, exactly. Yeah, I want to come down there and see it for myself. But no, you've told me. I'm just like, all right, I'll just stick with my... um. <laughs> free piece by you okay <laughs> but did you get what i mean it's just like you oh, completely and th- this is the difference as well when you have a studio and the filmmaker doing the trailer like mm. a lot of a lot of studios are like no we need to make it like this so we can sell it and then the filmmaker's like no no if you make it like this people will be intrigued and want to go and see the movie yeah so it's very much like you know studios versus it's like also some tv show trailers give away way too much like here's the tv show trailer for season one and you're like i've seen the entire season one now yeah, what's the point? Oh, yeah, this is how we've done the death scene. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know this person, but I know he dies. The, the only time it's acceptable to show whatever you want in the trailer is if it's based on a true story, because the true story is already out there, and people know the true story. All right, yeah, that's you can fine. research that anyway. You know, that's fine. Mm. If it's if it's like a you know like a, a biopic, you know that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But when it comes to like being a, a, a piece of fiction. And even video games do it, show too much in the trailers. TV shows do it too much in the trailers. You know, films do it. I mean, even to some aspect, you'll read like a breakdown of a theatre show coming soon. You're like, that's too much. Anyone know that? <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, the, the only thing obviously you can't get spoiled for you is like a concert. And you're going to see like a gig because if you know the music's going to what's going to be. But exactly. Yeah, so definitely, definitely too much in trailers. Well, it gets rejected from this audition room because, like, at the end of the day, I want to be surprised when I watch something, not Same. just, like, have everything spoon-fed to me like that. If Same. you want someone to go and watch your film, leave some element of mystery. doesn't matter what genre it is. It's, like, whether it's something to do with the story, something to do with the characters, there's got to be a hook that makes you want to go and pay to see that film. Yep. Trailers to spoil everything for you, adverts to spoil everything for you, rejected from the industry. Out the room. Don't need you Bye. in this industry. Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye-bye. next, please. <laughs> Hopefully, I won't have made a trailer before this episode, giving away the entire conversation. <laughs> or maybe I should just release the whole episode and just call it a trailer. And just say, it's like, oh, this is the trailer. Now you can listen to the five-hour edition, <laughs> which is the whole thing. We have another audition coming into the room. What is it? And what does it do that infuriates you or infuriates anyone else? I hope this doesn't go down the wrong way, but I hope people understand who listen. It is directors that say to you after you've done a scene, that'll do. That is like, I'm not Babe the Pig. You don't go, that'll do, Chris, that'll do. No, no, no. You don't tell an actor that that'll do. Like, we, that's the most infuriating thing we've ever heard. Like, we don't want to hear that'll do because we want your scene for your film or TV show or uh, short film to be as good as you want the scene to be. So either say, you know, give us the feedback or we do the scene again. But just hearing that'll do, it's so deflating. It's It's almost like like they haven't bothered watching the scene. It's like, did you not see what just happened? It's like, "Eh, yeah. Like just um, got, I got my phone on like in my hand. No, and like Chris is just doing a monologue. Yeah, I'll do Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's exactly. Like, no. a terrible piece of direction, and it is yeah. something that I'm sure nearly every actor who is listening right now has definitely heard. And hopefully, you've done a me and gone. No, not that'll <laughs> do. <laughs> what, what do you? What do you, what do you think? Like, do you, what, what do you want me to do? It's like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. You know, on a previous uh, episode, I had Matthew Bull talking about when directors are vague and it falls into this category. It's like the whole question of make a choice, but make an interesting choice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is interesting to you? Could you give us like an example? Like, you obviously you don't have to name names or anything, but like, do you remember something specific? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was on a film set a few years ago, and we just gave in this like incredibly like emotional scene. It was really well done, and I was really proud of it. And the other actor was really proud of it. And the director was like, "Cut!" 
And they were like, so do you want to go for another one? Like one more for safety or what do you want to do? And she's like, nah, that'll do. I was like, what? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because always one take is going to be great when it comes to editing. You think, oh, I don't like that take. Well, you don't have any other ones. <laughs> if, if they'd gone back, if they'd gone and said, look, you know, uh, do you want anyone to do? It's like, yeah, no, you need to do this, this and this. Um, Make that a bit different. And that'll be, you know, that's what I want to see. Then at least we know as actors what we're doing. If someone just says, yeah. that'll do. For a start, it just deflates you. Like, am I a good actor? Was that the performance thereafter? And you know very well you've given the best damn performance based on the script and based on the, the scenario and what people are doing and who you're with and the performance partner. But you just can't help have that nagging feeling in the back of your head like, that'll do. That'll do. You start I mean, trying to like go through the subtext. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Wait, does that mean this like that'll do because I can't be bothered? Does it mean that'll do? Oh, I'm shit. I don't want to yeah, watch it again. Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, you know, to be fair, is it that'll do? Is in like they're happy with it? They can't yeah. express anymore, and that'll do. That's great, you know. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a very infuriating thing, and it's something that I definitely would be like, yeah. Bye. Right, cut there, Chris. Other actress or actor who you're working with, I'm really happy with that. Like th- that would be better because at least Great. then I'm telling you, it's like, good job. Like you don't even, even have to say good job. Like, even, well, you, you know, you just, just even give a thumbs up is better than that'll do. I'll, <laughs> like, that'll do. Does <laughs> this person just be rewatching Babe on repeat before coming to set? It's just like, yeah, I'm going to get my Babe moment in today when I'm going to speak to the actors. It looks, it looks down at me and goes, that'll do, Chris. That'll, that'll do. do. <laughs> but saying that though, even even the double that'll do is more than just that'll do. If he yeah. said that'll do twice, I'd get the babe reference and be like, okay, cool. No, they're just they're just babing it up. That, or a cool. lot of people would just like um instantly think of Shrek. Like, yeah. but again, that'll like do, at donkey. least that'll, that'll do. do. <laughs> if you don't like something, just be honest. And again, like I know there are some directors who feel like they've got to power through and just get everything as soon as possible. But when you're just saying vague stuff like that it's like what is the point what do you want from me i mean don't get me wrong they're a brilliant director to work with that person i'm talking about oh, of they're, course. Gr- they're great they're, they're fantastic and i've mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it and we had a great finished product it's just in the moment like i said you're just like that'll do is not enough <laughs> <laughs> i'm not letting you move the scene on as, 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 as that'll do i want a 10 page essay on my performance <laughs> No, but I'm not called Chris. Chris, that'll do, Josty. You know, I'm Chris. Goes in and does the work the right way, Josty. You know, yeah. yeah, Choosing a different way of wording things. It's like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Good work, or something like that. It's like, or if you don't like it, don't just say that'll do because I can't be bothered to do it again. No, No, exactly. You do it because you've got crew here. You've got actors here. Hopefully, they're paying you, but that's the thing. It's like you're paying to use these services and to tell a story. You want it to be the best you can. So don't just skim over these things. No, I agree with you. It's like, no, it's not good enough because right now, trapdoors opening because that whole thing that directors say to actors, that'll do, or to anyone, like whether you're editing, whether you're on sound, whether you're on camera. Yeah, I mean, to, it, it goes through the entire filmmaking process. Nobody yeah. wants to hear the word, that'll do. Nobody. Yeah. Imagine if we were writing a script now, like me and you were collaborating on it. It's like, okay, right, um, we've come up with this now. We've been working a couple of nights on it, a couple of weeks or whatever. Send it off to someone to hopefully get it um, published or whatever or produced. And then they literally say, eh, good enough. It's not good. That's not helpful. It's not good for us. So that whole saying, just reject it. Please open the trap door. Go. Goodbye. Leave forever. (laughs) You're only available to be used in Babe and Shrek. That is it. (laughs) Maybe that's uh, what what it is. Chris, people have just like done like one edit of a trailer, put all the good stuff in. It's like, yeah, that'll do. I'm like, that'll do. (laughs) It all connects. It's all like coming full circle. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, you can imagine it's like a hierarchy, can't you? Like, the producer goes to the director, that'll do. The director goes to the first AD, that'll do. The first AD goes to the actor, that'll do. Everyone just has this massive, that'll do. It's like a Mexican wave, like, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. Okay, so now we are coming on to the third act of the Reject or Recall podcast. So, Chris, what is the third thing that is auditioning for us today? And 
Why is it going to get rejected from this industry? Let's have a good discussion here, bud. Okay, so the next one is I feel that people with disabilities, as someone who's got ASD myself, autistic spectrum disorder, mm-hmm. and a Scott as well is also on the spectrum. Yeah, uh, I feel that they should be represented by the people who actually have those disabilities. I understand there's things like, you know, in the past, there's incredible performances done by like the likes of Dustin Hoffman and oh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Uh, the guy who played Forrest Gump. Oh, Tom, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, Tom Hanks um, and so many others. I Okay, I, I get that. But now it's the time where people should be represented correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. And those, those actors, there's so many actors out there who have autism, cerebral palsy, hard of hearing, hard of seeing, mm. you know. A Down um, syndrome, loads of different yeah, um, speci- specific ways. Like. Exactly. So I, I feel it should, it should be something that really is celebrated and encouraged because mm-hmm. it means a lot to people to see themselves on that screen. No matter how big the screen is, short film, feature film, you know, it doesn't, TV show, it doesn't matter. But to see yourself represented on the screen, it can help with confidence and everything prime example of who massively messed up recently and that is Sia and her film music when she hired a non-autistic actress to play an autistic I've heard um, the backlash I've not seen this film but I I have and it deserves the two out the two out of ten on IMDb it's got really Um, that bad yeah I mean she didn't even do her research Scott she she put a band a band use of restraining against autistic people in her film Right. And it's banned because it teachers killed kids with it in America, autistic kids using it. Right. Hmm. And she got the, she got the character to turn around to the character and say, I'm crushing her with my love. Right. I, 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 that's enough just to quit the podcast. Right, guys, <laughs> we're on episode 11. See ya. Thank you. You've just destroyed all hope I have for anything in life. So, so right. yeah. So Can we just reject Sia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's it's just it's something that really like it's it. I think representation is just so important these days um, hmm. because you know you've got so many talented actors out there who have these conditions who are yes. living through what they're living through. It's hard for an actor who hasn't got these things to try and recreate what you know what these these people who have them go through like the perfect film example recently it was incredible and loved every moment of it the peanut butter falcon i've guy, heard good things about the this. guy zach who's a down syndrome actor was incredible so good played off shia labeouf beautifully it was like it was like a, um, a modern day huckleberry finn it was it was brilliant and it, it's something really like a film that made me go you know what this you know, this and it showed hollywood as well this is what happens when you when when you cast correctly and when you give someone in, in, in a chance to do that because the film would not have had as much heart if they got someone else playing the the, the, the downs the character with down syndrome it's really important to have that that representation and i think more and more people need to do it and studios need to do it don't get me wrong right i'm gonna meet some people halfway here and be like okay look i understand we are actors okay yeah we act parts we act yeah we play other characters other roles other other things we never it's like you and me are like we have murdered anyone but we might get a role as a serial killer oh exactly especially with us being bold and bearded it happens a lot (laughs) again it's like maybe we should do something with equity about this. It's like, are we being typecast? (laughs) Equity, get on it. (laughs) The fair way to do it would be to make sure you're casting from the right pool first. So you're looking at the actors with autism. And if you Mm -hmm. can't find the character with them and you feel like, you know what, you know, I want to try this, then okay, we are actors. So, you know, give it a go. If you've tried your absolute hardest with all these different autistic actors and you really can't find what you're looking for, but Mm -hmm. then what you should do then is get an autistic person to be on set with that actor to Mm -hmm. guide them through the experience and help them get into character and do that, which fair play to Dustin Hoffman. He spent so much time with autistic people before he did Rain Man. Yeah. Um, so you know, got to give him give him credit for that. But I I think that the first choice should always be okay. I need an autistic character. I'm going to go and look at actors with autism because they really understand the insight into this, and hopefully cast one of them for the performance or any yeah. other, any other disability. Like I do totally agree with that wholeheartedly. Like I personally think, like you say, it's like if someone who is 
playing someone who actually has the disability or is on the spectrum or like any of the conditions that we've just stated, then there would be more of an understanding like that. But Mm -hmm. then on the flip side, like as um, the example you gave, Dustin Hoffman spent a lot of time with um, people who were on the spectrum, tried to understand um, like what their thought processes are. And so he could portray it to the best of his ability. Uh, ability now some people have come out in recent years and said oh it's just a stereotype it's like mm-hmm. well again he he's not on the spectrum so he can only do as much as he can i guess it all c- comes down to that that like the main thing is just be respectful and that's yeah. what sia sia wasn't sia wasn't being respectful she got mm. her actress to play a stereotype yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to undertake something like a role that you, if a disability you haven't got, like autism, for example, mm. be respectful, look into it all, you know, speak yeah. to people with autism, go talk to them, understand the mindset, you know, as I said, I'm still believer in uh, accurate representation is, is really important. And, you know, mm. and that people with autism should be seen for that role. Yeah. But at the same time, I also understand that, you know, it's whatever actor is best for the character because yeah. to be fair the autistic actor that goes for that character might not be the performance they're looking for and it yeah. might be the other actor that is and i'm mm. that that's that's fair enough yeah for example that i don't know the name of the actor i'm so sorry if for some reason anyone who knows you is listening but there was uh, the, the curious incident the dog in the nighttime at the national right yes it took them i think it was like four years until they hired an autistic person to play the lead role of the autistic character oh, because they okay. because because they always said it could never be done yeah and this guy this actor went and did it and blew everybody away like you know here we go like you know and it's about giving people with disabilities autism i said um you know a hard of seeing hard of hearing it's about giving them opportunity opportunity hmm. to show people that they can do they can do it they you know they, well, they a can perfect example is the actor who played walter jr in breaking bad Exactly. He's got cerebral palsy. He's incredible. And he did a fantastic, um, all the way through the five series. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And you wouldn't have had the same performance if you had an able-bodied person playing his character pretending to have cerebral palsy. Hmm. Like, again, like you say, it's like, as long as you're being respectful and not being a stereotype. To go on to, like, another subject of this, because, like, this was something that was blowing out of proportion, like, over the past, like, couple of months ago was when Russell T. Davis, the writer of Doctor Who, writer of the hit series It's a Sin, basically said that only gay actors should play gay roles. And there was a lot of things like from both sides, like saying, oh, so what you're saying, straight actors can't play that, but it's like gay actors can't play straight. It's like there was so many different things. And I think it all comes down to the fact, like what you say, Chris, it's like it's being respectful. I think that's exactly what Russell Davis was getting to. I, mm. I, I, I think he just wants the respect it deserves. And let's be honest, gay actors are going to have more respect for a gay character because mm. they've lived that life, you know? Yeah, um, in, in complete fairness to Russell T. Davis. Um, but then if you are undertaking a gay character and you're not a gay actor, then mm-hmm. do the research and completely get into that mindset. And, you know... You just reminded me of, like, as we're talking about this, now, um, there's a comedian or character on YouTube called Jonathan Pine. He's, like, a mockumentary of, like, a news anchor who gets recorded when he thinks he's off the air. And literally, this was one of the things he was talking about. If a straight actor playing a gay role reverts to lazy, unauthentic gay stereotypes, oh, hello, it's not because they're straight, it's because they're a shit actor. If I was an actor and went for an audition and the guy turns round and goes, so what sort of people do you like to sleep with? I'd say, it's none of your fucking business, mate. And, and the type of porn that I like to wank at has no bearing whatsoever on whether I can bring authenticity to this role. The only argument I can make and I have heard, there was a film that was rumoured to come out years ago where Scarlett Johansson, who plays Black Widow and has done many, many brilliant films, as um, we both know, mm-hmm. is she was set to play a character who was transitioning. And there was a lot of backlash over that because, like, people saying, oh, but she's not transgender. Like, how can she... Like, But, again, like, looking at it from a studio's point of view... Everyone knows who Scarlett Johansson is, even if you're not a fan of the Marvel films, like you know the name. It's like, oh, Scarlett Johansson. I've seen her in mm. quite a few things and all that. And so it's like, that will make me want to buy a ticket to go and see that film. It's like, I understand that. 
But if she was doing it respectively, if like the studio, if she herself had done the research, I would have been fine with that. Then the other argument would be is like, oh, what one night? Why not just cast a transgender actor? And like, but again, like they may think it's like, oh, well, maybe they don't have like this certain name value as Scarlett Johansson. So it's like, maybe not many people will come in. It's like a point I brought up on one of the previous episodes. It's like, you could hear about this independent film, have a fantastic story, have a great setup, and it sounds like a really good film and it could be one of the best films you ever see. But then on one weekend, it might be something, I don't know, like a new Ghostbusters film, for example. Mm -hmm. A lot more people are probably going to go and watch that Ghostbusters film because there's that instant connection to the nostalgia and all that. Nostalgia and and the name Ghostbusters is tried and true and tested. Exactly. There's like lack of respect for this in the industry, especially with what you were saying about that film, Sia. And I feel like I want to watch it just to see how bad it is, if that makes sense. As I said, like massively, we just need to give the opportunities to the people with the disabilities. Like, you know, give like get them in the room. That's the problem. They don't get them in the room to see yeah. what they can do. Because straight away, cast directors go, oh, they can't do that. They're disabled. And they do. Yeah. No, they no, do that, do that. yeah, yeah, of course. And that is where it's wrong. If you get them in the room, they can show you they can do it. And then they're going to get the role because they're like, oh, they can do it. Yeah. But no need to go and show this person who hasn't got cerebral palsy how to have cerebral palsy because the actor that has got cerebral palsy is doing the, an incredible job, you know? Mm, yeah. uh, and that's, that's what we need more of is, is the key is opportunity for the people um, mm. who, who have who've got disabilities. Um, mm. And not the, being like this um, narrow minded and um, oh, I can't think of the word now. Uh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, not negligent. I can't even think of the word now. It's it's just gone. But anyway, like, like I remember a scenario, like I mentioned before, like about someone who said, like, um, oh, maybe I can't take direction because of my autism. Right, one, fuck you, you're a twat. But hey, that's uh, another thing. But like another scenario was there was a guy who I won't mention names or where they work because I feel like that's um, just not the way um, I do things on you. I'm not airy dirty laundry. But they openly said they would never hire anyone with autism. I'm like, why? So this is the problem. This is the problem here. If, mm. if everyone, if everyone had, had a more open view of disability uh, and understood it more, because also another thing, why should disabled actors only play disabled roles? Exactly. A character is wrote as it, it is like a shell, right? Mm. And the, it's the actor's job to fill that character. Yeah. Yeah. Right, there's there's nothing wrong, okay, unless it's like an action movie and you need to do backflips and stuff. Okay, I, I get that, right? Yeah, yeah. But if it's just like a character-driven drama, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you hire for the role, because you know it does it doesn't matter. You know, there's there's no like strict thing where it's like, oh, they must not have this, must not have this. Be more open-minded with your casting choices. Yeah. Um, you know, some people freak out and, say, and then, like, let's say, you know, an opening autistic actor's like, I want to audition for your film. They're like, whoa, autism, I want to stay away from that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, as if like you're a mutant with a third eye, like on your head or like wings exactly. going up your back. <laughs> exactly, right? But if they actually saw them in the audition room or let themselves tape or something, they'd see that that a lot of a lot of people autism aren't that much different from everybody else. It's just no. the, way we're, the way we're wired is, is different. Yeah. Um, there's other people obviously who are different to us and you know may have it more more extreme than we do but you know it's it's yeah, very but that's wide why it's a spectrum isn't it? very wide spectrum exactly give people the opportunity to show you what you can do um yes we're all actors yes i know someone could probably play an incredible autistic character I, you mm-hmm. know I'm, I'm not yeah. denying that right yeah, yeah but give the opportunity first to the people who have the disability yeah that is what needs to happen yeah, so that that right there definitely gets a recall uh, because, like, literally, that is something I think just needs to happen. Yeah. But the whole reject is the whole narrow-minded of like, oh, just because they've got the disability, yeah, exactly. autism, they can't do the role. It's like autism well, or any other disability, you know, cerebral palsy, you know. Yeah, uh, exactly. Down syndrome, you know. But the right, this is the only time I will say it's like, don't be stupid, and it's not what you've said. It's just something I've heard. Do you remember the film, The Theory of Everything? Yes. Eddie Redmayne playing Stephen Hawking. What a film. I thought it was a great performance. He'd done that very, very well. I heard somebody say that he should not have played that role because he himself didn't have the disease that Stephen Hawking had. And I'm like, right, that's going to be a bit difficult, you see, because unfortunately, 
you would might have to recast that entire film throughout the different stages of the disease because how can you accurately depict that if you haven't experienced it you know no that's 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 a fair point you know but again um, it's like uh, but it's not i'm sure like eddie redmayne did just say say oh well um i'm gonna just i don't know deform my body or something or slur my words just to give no, off that vibe no, eddie like redmayne, he, the re- the he, went, he went he spoke to stephen hawking's family he got permission for everything he, he watched videos with his mannerisms yeah. and everything uh and also as you said it would be impossible to have that transition if you had the same actor there i mean look it's not impossible they, they, they could have got two different actors and you mm. know it isn't impossible makeup and CGI these days. You could make Eddie, Ray, you know, you can make anyone look anyone and how of you course, want. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, it, it's, I think for something like, like that, where you see someone transition into something, yeah, it's, it's harder to get an actor already hmm. there than it is if that character is already that, or if that character is completely not got a disability and you still cast a character with a dis- an actor with a disability in that role. Yeah. So it's again, like um, for all the listeners out there now, it's like we're neither one of us is saying that anyone of like um, who hasn't got like a certain disability, who isn't of a sexual orientation or anything like that can't play certain roles because again, that is what the joy of acting is. But I think like what we are saying is the whole rejection. Give those yeah. opportunities first. Give give the gay characters opportunities to the gay actors first, or you know, bisexual characters, the bisexual actors. Like, give those opportunities first, mm-hmm. and then as a casting director, if you can't find what you're looking for from that, you haven't got that spark, then it is acceptable. I'm going to use the word acceptable. Yeah. It's yeah. acceptable. It's not like a good thing, particularly. It's mm. acceptable to go into a further pool of actors after that to try and mm. find what you're looking for then. The ignorance of casting these type of roles needs to get in the bin. Would yeah, the ignorant, ignorance of stereotypes. The ignorance mm. of, oh my god, he's got this disability, so he can't do this, or she's got this, so she can't do that. You know, that's that's what needs to go in the bin. I think there are too many performances out there that are stereotypes. And oh, like, completely. Like I, I, I'll hold my hands up and say this. Like, for example, when I was in university, I had to play a gay character, and I felt like the more and more like I was playing that character, it kind of went into stereotype. But again, that's because like, well, you live and learn, you learn different things. So it's again, it's just being open to the interpretation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Open the interpretation and respectful. And also, like I say, make sure that you have gone through every avenue of the people that said who have got the disability who are of the sexual orientation. Go through all that avenue of casting first. And as your last resort is then to go to if you yeah. can't find what you're looking for, then. I get what you mean. Because but... that way, that way it's fair on everybody. That way, you know, you're not you, that, that way, that way you're not in the ballpark of actors can only play this if they're this, and you're not in the ballpark of no, we're actors, we can play anything. That mm. way it's fair and everybody gets the equal opportunity they deserve then. Exactly. And but again, like for today, I am definitely rejecting like the ignorance that mm. people say is like, oh, you can't do this if you're doing this, or if you're this, you're this. Like again, guys. Just be open-minded is all I'm going to say. Open-minded, yes. Open-minded. be nice to each other. Yeah, be nice, be friendly. And as I said, don't you don't have to just cast actors with disabilities because your character is disabled. Be more open-minded of, I've got this character, then well, why don't we explore them being having like, you know, being in a wheelchair or something. Not, they don't have to. Yeah. They don't actually have to write, John is in a wheelchair. Like you can mm. just be open-minded with yeah. your casting choices. Well, um, like, again, this is on a smaller scale, but um, perfect example, Ridley Scott, Alien. I mean, Ripley wasn't a woman. Originally. Oh, I know. It was and a part written at, for a man. And, and look, at, look at Ripley. Exactly. So One of the most iconic action heroes of all time. Of all time. So, again, guys, just be open-minded. Don't be ignorant. And don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind giving us an encore? One more point to send us off this episode, please. Bud. One more point is One when you're point. is when someone says to you, they're like, Chris, if to watch this movie, it's got a fantastic twist in it. No! Don't tell me there's a twist in a movie or TV show or video game. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
Because then, then you spend the entire game, TV show, movie looking for the twist. You're like, oh, that he seems sketchy. They seem sketchy. This is, and you spend this whole time looking for this twist. If someone just didn't tell me there's a twist in something, when the twist happens, I'm like, oh, wow. That's I didn't so see clever. that coming. Oh, wait, it's yes, like, I did, because someone told me there was a twist coming. Exactly. Like, thank God. God, no one told me there was a twist in The Prestige or I would have worked it out, right? But when I first watched The Prestige, I was like, wow, that's such a good twist. And then I don't go around to all my friends going, watch The Prestige, it's a great twist. I'm like, no, I hate that so much. It ruins so much for everything. On the um, flip side, it's like if someone says to you, it's like, oh, this film has a good twist in it. It's like, yeah, it's an M. Night Shyamalan film. Every film he has has a <laughs> fucking twist. Even though the twist is stupid sometimes, he still has twists. So yeah, that was that was mad. I was just I, I hate it so much. When all, yeah. all, all my all my friends do it, They're like it's a great twist, Chris. I'm like I don't want to know. There's a twist mm. in this movie. It's like just um, say it's like oh I've um, finished playing this game, Chris. It is I think it's really up your street sort of thing. Again, perfect, perfect. perfect. I haven't well, told you anything about yeah, what happens. But if you if you tell me, oh, Chris, you like this game? It's really good. It's got a great twist. I'm like, I just want to That's like, kill you. It's like it's like it's like saying like, um, oh, by the way, if um you're playing this game, one of the main characters might get turned into a zombie. <laughs> oh, like the high the emphasis on might. <laughs> spoiler alert! You know, right? This is spoiler alert. Term when you listen to the podcast, right? But if you knew there was a twist in the original Saw film, you would just know that guy in the toilet was gonna get up. You know, you yeah. know, you you know it. But I just had no idea, and I was yeah. like, "What a twist!" I so- was e- exactly the same. I saw that film for the first time. I think it was about fourteen, and literally, I was just like, "Yeah." What? My if eyes someone, just widen. I know. But if someone had told you, oh, watch Saw, got a cracking twist at the end. Is it? <laughs> no. Because well, I know he cuts out. off his ankle, but that's not really <laughs> much of a twist. That's an actual breakage. <laughs> I, I'd be looking the entire movie then for that twist. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's, obviously, like if you're watching a thriller or something, you think, okay, they, there's going to be some sort of, mystery or surprise in there somewhere because it just comes with the nature of the genre it does it does but it's like you say it's like if someone i think one of the main characters might die like <laughs> well that confirms that somebody dies i know i know now i'm gonna be thinking it's like oh oh who's gonna die actually captain america could iron man could or oh, this person got to say shut the fuck up literally just tell me it's a great film and i'll go watch it the second exactly. you tell me second you tell me it's got a great twist or anything towards the plot i'm just like you know what i'm checking out i'm not watching yeah. this film until my mind has forgotten but however as scott knows i have an autistic mind you never forget so you're like <laughs> i know this film has a twist in this is something completely different but i just it's on my mind and i want to rage at it so matthew walsh if you're listening to this i hate you one day, like before COVID, this was when Spider-Man came out on the PlayStation 4. He doesn't play video games at all, but he decides to put on in the background Spider-Man's ending. Oh, thanks, you fucking prick. What? Yeah, let you put on the end scene. And if have you played Spider-Man? I haven't finished, though. No, I haven't finished Oh, okay. It. I won't say what the ending is. It's like, oh, but there might be a twist. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean the web is twisting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're just <laughs> like, saying that so I don't jump through that laptop and just strangle you. Yeah, it's just like, hey, I got an email from Chris. <laughs> Fist <laughs> up the screen. <laughs> Fist comes flying out of the screen. Yeah. Um, but literally, so yeah. like, he just showed me the end scene and the game hadn't even come out yet. I'm like, why have you done this? That I is would... literally how I feel when you say that. It's like, literally, it's like, oh, watch this film. There's a twist. Well, oh, there's like... an interesting death in it. It's like, it's like when I it's, it's, it's like when I worked in game, right? And uh, like this is spoiler alert if you've not finished Red Dead Redemption Two, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I worked in game, and the guy customer came in the next day after the game came out. I don't even I didn't even hardly played it because I hadn't had time to been working all the time. Yeah. And he went, "Oh, Red Dead Redemption Two is really good. It's a shame uh, Arthur Morgan dies, though." I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't need to know. Banned. Banned. That 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 person gets rejected. From the entertainment industry. <laughs> Any kind of just saying it's a twist or giving away massive story spoilers. Yeah. It's just, it's a no-no. It's yeah. just, 
Like, I understand that it will slip out and whatnot. It's like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, like I started watching Better Call Saul with my parents, and then like I stopped for a minute because like I was doing other stuff, and then they got to a certain point, and then all of a sudden, like a spoiler just slips out because they just completely forgot to register that I hadn't seen that. And it was like, okay, that sucks, but it happens. But when you're deliberately going up to someone and saying, Oh, this actually has this, this, and this, it's like, well, thanks. Also. People don't even think about saying there's a twist in it. That it's a bad thing. They're like, it's got a twist in it. I'm like, great. I don't want to know. Okay. And it's like, oh, you might, I think you'll enjoy this. Oh, but I don't like that twist at the end. I'm like, why are you telling me this? I don't need to know it's got a twist in it. I don't. Just tell me. It's like, look, just say, it's like, oh, I watched this film. Why don't you watch it? Give me your verdict. Done. That's all you have to say. Done. And then I'll come to you after I've seen it and gone, had a great twist at the end, didn't it? And they'll be like, yeah, the twist it was great. And that's it's like, oh, it might be like, do um, I don't know if I enjoyed that, but at least then we've both seen it. Otherwise, I'm like Sherlock Holmes deducting everything in my mind palace while I'm watching the movie going, he moved a spoon weirdly. He has to be the killer. That's going to be the twist. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, I'll get it fucking right because I'm too busy analysing the goddamn movie to enjoy yeah. the, the performances and everything. Oh, it's like if there's it, a twist in it. It would be like if, say, no, like um, Disney make a new Pixar film and like Pixar are like one for shoving Easter eggs for all of their films. But like, say, you now if I told you, it's like, oh, Chris, that Pixar film was good. Oh, um, Rex from Toy Story appears at some point. You're going to be spending the entire film looking for Rex. I'm like, yeah. no, if you spot it, you spot it. Just let you me don't. enjoy the film. You don't. Yeah. <sighs> you, you can't enjoy a film as much if you know things going in, you know? Yeah. And that again goes back to the trailers showing too much as well. Because I swear I've experienced a twist in some trailers. And I've been <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Get Stop it. You're not even rejected. You're booted from the universe. Like, <laughs> no. You uh, want to go to Mars? Why wait? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. When people say there's a twist in something or give any kind of important plot details away, that yeah. needs to be rejected. That needs yeah, to be rejected. Just, just don't even hint that something is going to happen. Just say whether you recommend watching the film or whether you think that this person would enjoy watching it. That's all you have to say, people. And I'm sorry if we've given away this some twists and some films you've not seen because <laughs> we've mentioned them. Look, to be fair, like stuff like Saw has been out for what sixteen odd years, maybe more. And if you've if you've not seen The Prestige, watch it. It's a masterpiece. And yes, there is a twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justy, you're not twat. Everyone's <laughs> thinking I haven't seen that. It's like, well, it has well now you know how it feels. Now do you know how it feels? You look for that twist in your time. Well, it has been out since 2004, so I think we kind of have free reign here. And that is the end of another round of auditions. And Chris, thank you. Oh, we have a. Is your dog auditioning today? I didn't know this. Oh yeah, no. This is this is my housemate's dog Mork. Is uh, <laughs> eight eight month old border collie puppy. Uh-huh. The border collies just sat there. It's like I had a whole speech from Hamlet prepared, and now you're not letting me do the speech in this audition, you bastards. He's just like, looking at he's looking at me now, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's just thinking, it's like, did you hear there's a twist in this film? I'm like, stop it. Stop it's like it, the dog. film, it's like the film Ryan Reynolds, the voices where all the animals talk to him the entire film. Yes. Uh, love that movie. Oh, brilliant. Well, again, thank you, Chris, for coming on the episode. It's been no, absolutely lovely you, having you. Thank you for having me too. Mork says thank you as well, as you can hear. So <laughs> as we I were, can hear. We were both thrilled to be here, mate. It's been great. <laughs> Honoured to be asked. Well, mate, honestly, there were some really good points in it. And he's just like, what about my points? It's like, shut up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have your audition later. We've established this. <laughs> Chris, please tell us where our lovely audience can find you on social media. Tell us about any projects you've been working on. And tell us a little bit about Offworld, as we did have Chris Bevan on you, the um, AD. So um, tell us (laughs) anything you want to plug right now is your time. Bevan, the bastard son. Okay, so... and again, that is not an insult. That is his name. <laughs> no, that's his name. <laughs> uh, you can you can find me over on Twitter at the Josty, or just type in Chris Josty, and I, apparently I pop up. Um, <laughs> you can find me on stuff like IMDb. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. All of the most Chris Josty. I've got this really unusual name that seems no one else has in the world. So I think I'm the <laughs> only one. 
I really hope it's true. I hope there's no other one because that'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think if you just like you'll you'll find me. Um, that sounds really cocky. It's not supposed to. I promise. <laughs> I, we get. I get where you were going. Just amusing. Um, right. So yeah. So you'll find me anywhere on all social platforms apart from Snapchat. I ain't got Snapchat. Or oh, I hate no stuff. Snapchat. Uh, I haven't got. <laughs> I, haven't got I haven't got Snapchat or TikTok. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. Um, at the moment, uh, I'm working on a film with my friend Jenna. Uh, it's called Crimson Meadow. It's a short film. It is about a 15-minute short. We've started filming it two weekends ago. We were supposed to film last this weekend, just gone, but Jenna was ill, so we couldn't. Um, so we had to postpone until next weekend, um, which which is fine, you know. Got incredible actress Julia Spencer involved. Um, Bomb Tarker's DOP or Tom Barker, as people know him as. A lot of people in Wales know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible DOP. Um, and we've got uh, Georgia Collins doing makeup. Uh, we've got other people on board. I'm acting in it, which is kind of cool. I get to have like a half a burnt face, which is really cool with George's prosthetics. So he's playing um, Two-Face. <laughs> <laughs> Heads or tails, bats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that's been really cool. Really enjoying it. That's been great to get back on set again. Uh, it's really interesting um, kind of short film where we follow a girl called Lizzie who suddenly develops, let's say, superpowers, and we watch how she deals with that in a very confined space where the entire film is shot on a laptop. So we ah. never leave we never leave the bedroom of her. So it's uh, it's it's hopefully people are going to enjoy it. We've done a lot of practical effects. So purposely we've been using stuff like um, fishing wire to throw things across things and exploding lights. And we've proper trying to, trying to go all out for this uh, 15 minute short film. Um, mm. I've got an amazing composer. I'm going to butcher his name called <laughs> Sean Spiretti. I think it's Spiretti. Spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. It's not, it's not spaghetti. Sean, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I love you, man. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I think it's either Sean Spiretti or Sean Spiritti. Uh, and he's he's incredible. Such a massive, incredible talent and a, a fantastic composer. And he's done three fantastic tracks um, for Crimson Meadow. And then hopefully after Crimson Meadow, it's going to need a bit of a budget. So we'll see if we raise the money. We've got Red Tag. Mm. which is my um, post-apocalyptic film. The style of it is in the style of, I say Schindler's List, because it, all of it's in black and white, apart from like the red. But like for a select uh, bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 the whole, the whole film's in black and white, but the red is the only colour in the whole ah, entire movie. I mean, yeah. Because there's these things called red tags who are, uh, not giving too much away, they are cured humans. Uh, oh. And they have uh, a, a red bracelet on their arm which then shows them that obviously that what what it shows the government is if they became infected again they'd know exactly who to shoot first because they know that these ones are more prone to infection than the ones that have never been infected before yeah. so that's that's like a 45 minute short film um starring kate davis speak she's playing female lead i'm playing one of the leads i know it's such an ego trip right uh- dude like <laughs> dude you write your own stuff put your stuff in it like you go uh- make your own work man Greg Draven's playing one of the leads and we've got loads of other talented actors and filmmakers on board. So that's going to be really good. But as I said, that does need a budget. So if you're listening, look out for the Indiegogo or whatever we decide to use as the, as the way to crowdfund it on my social channels and Kate's social channels and Greg's social channels. And But like I said, guys, I will leave all of the links that Chris has just uh, mentioned in this um, little shout out here. I'll put those in the description of this episode. I'll put them all on all of my social medias from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, don't have Snapchat because I can't be bothered to deal with that shit. So you know, but or just I, or just or just Google him. You'll find him through Google. Google exactly. is Google is great. Yeah, just look out for the bald man. Just uh, I'm in an R in between a film reel and theater masks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But again, guys, if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, please remember to follow us on all the social media pages. Give it a share, leave a review, let me know what you think. And if there's anyone you want to see on the podcast, drop it in the comments below and I will try my best to get on as many lovely guests like Chris and like all my previous guests in the past. So until then, guys, have a great week. And when in doubt, just switch it off and then on again. <laughs> Tailoring it to your gaming. Safe. Scott, thank you so much, mate. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. You are very welcome, bud. And take care, guys. And I shall see you next week. 
And Chris salutes you all. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot it was audio then, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Well, our cover is blue. Enjoy your heart. You have to give audio description.